0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. E-M-A-N-O-R-O-U-N-E. What is the class up in the sky? What is the class up in
1: the sky? And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here on this Monday, March the 6th. In the house with your boy, Trey Lark, is on the Wise Guys Sports Show. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Guys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram, at these guys know sports. Action jam-packed show tonight. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. Any particular topic that you want to discuss, we can talk about it on the show tonight, I got an action jam-packed show. So many things to get into. We're going to talk about Ja Morant being suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies for two games. Served one game last night. Also, we're going to talk about later on in the show, the New York Giants. They're looking to sign Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones wants reportedly a deal of $45 million per year. So I'm going to get into that as well. So call to the show, 513-203. 8655 is the number to Dow. 203-8655 is the number to Dow. Let's transition and begin in the NFL. And let's go to New Orleans as the New Orleans Saints. They have emerged as the front runners to sign free agent quarterback Derek Carr. They signed Derek Carr to a four-year. $150 million new deal, $100 million in guarantees. So Derek Carr is heading to New Orleans to play alongside Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. And so the former Las Vegas Raiders quarterback agreed to this deal earlier this morning. Other teams that were interested in Derek Carr were the New York Jets. They had a great free agent visit last week with Derek Carr. So it's going to be Derek Carr in New Orleans with the Saints. And my initial reaction to seeing Derek Carr sign with the New Orleans Saints is I believe that from his perspective, Derek Carr is going to give the New Orleans Saints stability at the quarterback position. When you look at Derek Carr and what he's been able to do since he's been in the NFL, Derek Carr—he's only been to the postseason one time. But that season when he led the Raiders to the postseason, it was so much chaos around that franchise that particular year. John Gruden got fired. They had the 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 terrible incident involving the former Alabama wide receiver. They had him on their team. And basically, the the Raiders had a lot of things that were going on that particular season. And Derek Carr led them to the postseason. The Bengals in the first round, and they got beat twenty six to nineteen. Derek Carr played decent in that game, but didn't outperform Joe Burrow, and that's the reason why the Raiders lost. But you look at what Derek Carr has been able to do so far in his career. I believe Derek Carr is average. I think he's a top twelve quarterback at. Best, Yep, Henry Ruggs. That's it, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. Thanks, Chad. Henry Ruggs got into trouble that year, and John Gruden got fired by the Raiders. A bunch of things that were going on, and Derek Carr led them to the playoffs. And so, Derek Carr for his career, Derek Carr, he has two hundred seventeen touchdowns, ninety nine interceptions, thirty five thousand two hundred twenty two passing yards, completing sixty five percent of his passes. His quarterback record is not impressive. It's 63-79. and But when Derek Carr was in Las Vegas and when they were in Oakland, he never had a great defense. So I believe it's two advantages Derek Carr is going to have playing in New Orleans compared to what he had when he played in Las Vegas. The number one advantage that Derek Carr is going to have, he's going to be playing – With a football team that has an elite defense. And when he was in Las Vegas, those teams defensively were terrible. They were pathetic. And that's the reason why Derek Carr always had to bring back the Raiders in football games. He never had an elite defense. This is the same team that traded Khalil Mack to the Bears. Khalil Mack was one of their best defensive players on their football team. And they traded Khalil Mack. To the Bears. So defensively, Derek Carr always, always played for a terrible defensive football team. And offensively, as their quarterback, he always had to bring them back in football games. They never played with the lead. He never had the opportunity to play with the lead like other quarterbacks in the NFL have the luxury of playing with. You look at what the New Orleans Saints have been defensively over the last three years. 2020 They only gave up 21 points per game. That was ranked fifth in the NFL. 2021, they gave up 20 points per game. That was ranked fourth in the NFL. And this past season, they only gave up 20 points per game. Again, that was ranked ninth in the NFL. So defensively, the New Orleans Saints have a top 10 defense. They got a top 10 defense. You look at who they have on the defensive side of the ball. You still got Cameron Jordan. You still got DeMario Davis. You still got Tyron Matthew in the secondary, Marshawn Lattimore. Okay. So defensively, the Saints got one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, him going from Las Vegas to New Orleans, his defense is going to be significantly better with the Saints compared to what it was with the Raiders. Number two, what he has going to the Saints, and what he didn't have in Las Vegas is stability and the organization being a top-notch organization in the NFL. They're led by Mickey Loomis, and Mickey Loomis does a great job running this Saints organization. And I think that's something that cannot be discounted either. Like, with the Raiders, it was so many coaches that Derek Carr had to learn from and, you know, develop chemistry with when it came to being a quarterback for the Raiders. So many coaches in and out of that organization with the Saints, they are an organization that handles things the right way, and they are a top-notch organization in the NFL. So I think stability and defensively are two advantages that Derek Carr is going to have in New Orleans and it's something that he didn't have in Las Vegas. Another thing is going from the AFC West to the NFC South also is an advantage for Derek Carr. Derek Carr, the moment he signed this morning in New Orleans, he became the best quarterback in the NFC South. He's the best quarterback in the NFC South. And in the AFC West, he had to deal with Justin Herbert twice a year, he had to deal with Patrick Mahomes twice a year so it's going to be easier from a competition standpoint in the nfc south compared to what it was in the afc west so i mean when you, i just think when you look at the stability the defense in new orleans and then the competition factor as well i think Derek carr signing with the new orleans saints is a win for Derek carr It's a win for Derek Carr. Now, when it comes to the New Orleans Saints, I don't believe that this move makes them Super Bowl contenders, but they definitely are playoff contenders. And once you get into the dance, anything could happen. Anything could happen. But offensively, there's still some question marks because Alvin Kamara, I still think Alvin Kamara at his best is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Chris Olave, he's a young receiver on the come up. Michael Thomas, I think now that he has some stability at quarterback with Derek Carr, I think Michael Thomas is going to revitalize his career. Michael Thomas hasn't been the same since Drew Brees retired. Have you guys noticed that Michael Thomas, for whatever reason, he hasn't been interested in football the same way he was interested when Drew Brees was his quarterback? Well, now he'll get an opportunity to play with Derek Carr. And immediately this morning, When the Saints signed Derek Carr, Michael Thomas tweeted, thank God. So maybe Michael Thomas can revitalize his career and start playing at a high level again. The year when Michael Thomas had a great season, he had like 149 receptions. He was the best player on their football team, not named Drew Brees that particular year. Michael Thomas was a top five receiver in the NFL that season. Hasn't been the same since. So now that Derek Carr is in New Orleans, I believe that we're going to get the best of Michael Thomas. At tight end, you got Jawan Johnson, okay? And he has some familiarity with Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints. Dennis Allen drafted Derek Carr. So I, I like this move for the Saints. I think they're going to be better. They are now the favorites in the NFC South. Do I believe that they're better than the 49ers or the Eagles? No, but I do believe that they can be a top-four team in the NFC. I think they could be better than the Giants, the Vikings, okay, even the Packers, depending on what happened with Aaron Rodgers. But I I think in the NFC, if Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Jets, you can make an argument that Derek Carr at that moment would be a top-three quarterback in the NFC. Like, I've been saying this for years. I don't believe that there's a significant gap between Dak Prescott and Derek Carr. I think they're on the same level. I think Derek Carr is on the same level as Dak Prescott. And I believe that you can make an argument that Dak Prescott has had more to work with than Derek Carr has. Dak Dak Prescott has CeeDee Lamb. He has... elite defense with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs again who have the Raiders put around Derek Carr for him to be at his best and given what he had to work with with the Raiders I thought Derek Carr did pretty good again I'm not saying he's elite he's not elite I'm not acting like he's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow I'm not saying that but I do believe that he's a Good quarterback. I would say not great, but good quarterback who you can win with. So I think it's a win-win for the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr. I believe Derek Carr has positioned himself to now be in the conversation for the next four years for a team that could contend in the NFC. And I think that this is going to be an opportunity that he needs to take advantage of. This probably is going to be his last chance to be a starter in the NFL. You look at what Derek Carr did last year compared to what he did in 2021. In 2021, that was the year where he led the Raiders to the playoffs. He went 10-7. and seven. He averaged 283 passing yards per game, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, completing 68% of his passes. Last year had a down year, according to his previous year, from a wins perspective. Six and nine last year, averaged two hundred and thirty-five passing yards per game, twenty four touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, completing sixty-one percent of his passes. Last year he took a step back. He took a step back. But I believe that with Alvin Kamara, with Mark Ingram in the backfield, with Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, I think that with the New Orleans Saints, I believe that 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 Derek Carr could lead them to the playoffs, and anything could happen at that point. Anything. I think the Saints are for sure playoff team, and they're going to win the NFC South. I'm going on record right now, the New Orleans Saints will win the NFC South. And so I like this move for the Saints, and I like this move for Derek Carr. Another chance to get into the playoffs and make some noise everybody go up, follow wise guys on Twitter at wise guys underscore H also on Facebook wise guys let be sure to follow wise guys on Instagram at these guys no sports I'll be right back
0: it is the wise sports radio network
1: And yeah. welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Anybody remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore h i saw on Facebook Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram. At these guys know sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655, 513-203-8655. I'm going to be addressing the John Moran situation here in a bit. Also, I'm going to talk about Daniel Jones reportedly seeking $45 million per year. I'm going to talk about that here in a bit as well. But let's transition to the NBA and let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. As the Phoenix Suns beat the Dallas Mavericks 130-126 to yesterday afternoon in Dallas for the Suns. Kevin Durant was sensational. He had 37 points, shot 12 of 17 from the floor. Very, very efficient afternoon for KD. Devin Booker had 36 points, 10 assists. For the Mavericks, Luka Doncic had 34 points. Kyrie Irving had 30 points. Luka had 34, but he needed 36 so he can send this game to overtime, Mr. easy, easy layup at the rim that would have tied the game. So as I watched this game Sunday afternoon, it was in prime time, it was the one o'clock game on ABC. I love watching this game because this game had stars everywhere. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, and Kyrie Irving all combined to score 137 points. And I felt like it was great shot making in this particular game. And I felt like both teams competed at a high level. You could tell we're starting to get late into the NBA season, and the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks, along with other teams, they are starting to bring more intensity, even in regular season games. And so I thought we saw that yesterday in the matchup between the Mavericks and the Suns. I love to see it because. We know both of these two teams, offensively, they can light it up. You look at the Phoenix Suns. Let's start off with them. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, that dynamic duo as a scoring duo could be the best scoring duo in the NBA. I think I saw a stat where they are—they have the fourth most points by a duo in NBA history in their first three games played together. That's Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So we know how prolific offensively they can be. But my biggest issue with the Phoenix Suns is in order for the Phoenix Suns to be a contender in the Western Conference and a contender for a team who can win the NBA championship, they're going to need more from Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. In this game, Chris Paul, he had 11 points Seven assists, shot four of nine from the field, two of six from three-point range. DeAndre Ayton had nine points, four of six shooting from the floor, 16 rebounds. We know that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, they can go off for 100 combined. Combined, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker can both go off for 100 in a playoff series, in a particular playoff game. They can go out for at least 70, at least 70 combined, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. But what the Suns need, they need their others to contribute, specifically Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. I know Chris Paul is getting up in age. He's 38 years old. He'll be 38 in May. And we know that he is a veteran point guard at this point in his career. But you need some production from Chris Paul. Him only scoring 11 points is not going to be enough to beat these other teams in the Western Conference once the playoffs start. You need Chris Paul to at least score 15 to 20 points for the Phoenix Suns to be at their best. DeAndre Ayton, you need him active and you need him to be aggressive offensively when he gets the ball in the low post. you got to have DeAndre Ayton engaged and you need him to understand if he plays great defense, if he protects the rim for the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul will get him the basketball on the offensive side of the floor. You know that's what big men love. Like Anthony Davis, the Joker, Carl Anthony Towns, some of these great big men that we have in our game, they love to know that defensively, if they play well on the defensive side of the floor and they protect the rim, they want to know that on the other end of the floor offensively they're going to get their opportunities to score points. And I think that Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, he has to keep Deandre Ayton engaged because I believe that's how you get the best out of Deandre Ayton. Feed him the ball in the low post because Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they can get their points whenever, wherever, however. So you have to feed DeAndre Aiden the basketball, give him his fair share of opportunities to be a scorer in a low post. You don't need him to shoot 25 shot attempts or 17 shot attempts like KD or Booker, but you still want Aiden to have at least nine or 10 shot attempts per game. Only six shot attempts from your center and he's a, s- supposed to be a part of the big four is not enough. It's not enough. And again, I think if you, Involve him offensively, he's going to be motivated to play that much better defense. So they got to get DeAndre Aiden the ball in the low post, let him do his work, let him do his thing for sure. And again, Chris Paul, you need more out of CP3. You, You need more out of CP3. I know how great CP3 is. Chris Paul is one of the best point guards in NBA history, a tremendous floor general. But Chris Paul, offensively, he's going to need to do more for the Phoenix Suns to be contenders in the Western Conference. It can't just be all Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. You need Chris Paul to have one of those nights where he can put up 20 points because, again, you know Booker and KD combined is going to give you 70 easily, 70 easily for for KD and Booker. I know I said 100 earlier. That's on a great night. That's on a great night. Because one of them go out for 40. One of them go out for 40 or 50. You never know. So you got to have more from Chris Paul. got to have more from DeAndre Aiden. Now, when you switch gears to the Dallas Mavericks, when the Dallas Mavericks traded for Kyrie Irving, one of the things that I said offensively, they were not going to have any issues whatsoever because Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic offensively are unstoppable. And I believe that they are two of the more gifted scorers that we have in the NBA. And they're not going to have any troubles offensively. But defensively, they were going to struggle. In this game, the Suns shot over 60% in the fourth quarter of this basketball game. So them losing Dorian Finney-Smith, it really, really hurt the Dallas Mavericks. Before they traded for Kyrie Irving defensively, they already were a bad defensive basketball team. Now with Kyrie Irving, they're an even worse defensive basketball team. And that's the reason why I don't believe the Mavericks are championship contenders. Do I believe the Mavericks can scare some teams who are at the top of the Western Conference standings, like the Nuggets, like the Suns? Like the Warriors in a seven-game series? Yes, I believe they'll scare you. But do I believe that they can ultimately pull off an upset in a playoff series? I believe that is an emphatic no. Because defensively, they do not get enough stops. They don't give enough stops. Last year, when they went on their surprising run in the NBA playoffs, and they were able to upset the Phoenix Suns in last year's playoffs, and they got to the Western Conference Finals, Everyone wants to give credit to the offense led by Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson, but defensively, they were a top-10 defensive team last year. The Dallas Mavericks were a top-10 defensive team last year in the playoffs, and that's why they got to the Western Conference Finals. This year, I don't see it happening because defensively, they can't get stops at important, pivotal moments of games. And if you want to be a championship contender At some point, you have to be able to get stops. 60% is your offense. 40% is your defense. So that's the biggest issue with the Dallas Mavericks. We know they can score points. That's no issue. Last night, Luka and Kyrie both combined for 64 points. And Luka should have had 36 points. But he missed a potential game-tying layup at the rim. But the biggest issue with the Dallas Mavericks is not offensively, it's defensively. And I look at their roster, you got Powell at center, at power four, you got Bullock. These, these guys are not great defensive players. Reggie Bullock, he's a great shooter on a perimeter for the Dallas Mavericks. And I like Tim Hardaway. I love Tim Hardaway on their basketball team. He had 21 points yesterday, six of 10 shooting from the floor. Six of eight from three-point range. I I think Tim Hardaway, on a great night, he can light it up for sure. But Christian Wood, uh, they don't have no one defensively who can create havoc and guard the opposing team's best player. And that's the reason why you saw Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have their way yesterday. Yesterday combined, KD and Devin Booker had 73 points. They had 73 points yesterday. So, that's the biggest issue with the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Dallas Mavericks are a playoff team in the West. And, again, if they go up, depending on who their matchup is in the first round, I think they can scare some opposing teams. But do I believe they are a championship contender? I do not. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys. No sports. I'll be right back.
0: Sports Radio
1: Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys Also on Facebook, Wise Guys, and be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram. at these guys sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655, 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Any particular topic you want to discuss tonight, we can talk about it on the show tonight. Let's transition back to the NBA, and let's talk about John Morant as John Morant has been suspended for two games after displaying an apparent firearm in a recent live video on Instagram. And the Grizzlies, they end up suspending John Morant for two games. He missed last night's loss to the L.A. Clippers. And so this was John Morant. This was his statement after he was suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies. This Morant, he says, quote, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. So that was John Morant and his recent statement after he was suspended by the Grizzlies for two games. And in the immediate aftermath of his statement before the matchup last night against the Clippers, Grizzlies head coach Taylor Jenkins, he said this about
2: John Morant. Take a listen. The focus right now is Josh taking on the responsibility to really get the help he needs to get into a better place, uh generally speaking, but also on the flip side Uh, to be in a better place to, you know, embrace the responsibilities and expectations as a member of this team. There's not a definitive timeline. I mean, we have said that it's going to be at least these two games. You know, we're taking it one day at a time. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing healing process. Um, So um, I I can't comment in terms of what the exact timetable is going to be because it's really not a timetable situation. He's a resilient guy, um, tough minded guy. So, um, you know, whenever he's ready to come back, we're going to welcome him with open arms. Yeah, I'm
1: happy. I'm happy for whatever he decides to do you know trust his judgment uh he's doing what's best for him and you know he's going to come back and take take over the league again that was taylor jenkins and also jackson and desmond bain of the memphis grizzlies so i want to give everyone a timeline of things with Ja morant real quick this was a police report last summer that morant and associates had a confrontation with Mall head of security. No charges were filed. That was by the Washington Post, and this was four days later. Also, a police report: seventeen-year-old alleged John Morant had a gun in a waistband after an altercation. No charges were filed for that incident. I guess it was a situation where John Morant and a seventeen-year-old was playing basketball, and things got heated, and reportedly, apparently. Allegedly, John Morant basically pulled out a gun and, and, and had it in, in his waistband and had, basically was threatening the 17 year old. And then this was January 29th. So this was in January, not too long ago. Morant acquaintances in post game confrontation with Indiana Pacers traveling party. That was a situation where they said there was a laser that was pointing at Indiana Pacers players. And then Saturday morning, Morant appears to display a gun in an Instagram live post at a nightclub. And this was also the statement from the police on John Morant and the gun that was shown in the Instagram live video. It says, quote, the Glendale Police Department is aware of the incident circulating on the Internet involving an NBA player at a nightclub with what appears to be a gun in the early morning hours of March 4th, 2023. We have confirmed the incident took place at a bar in Glendale, and we are investigating the matter. The Glendale Police Department does not comment on ongoing investigations. My reaction to this situation right now going on with John Morant is, first and foremost, I want to say this. And I've been watching on YouTube and on social media since all this stuff came out about John Morant. I've been seeing different people whether it's fans, reporters, I've been seeing so many different people comment on the situation and people are talking about how they are saying that John Morant is stupid and he he makes terrible, terrible decisions and he's just this horrible person. And I want to address those people first and tell them to relax and let's calm down. Let's give John Morant the benefit of the doubt from this standpoint. The man is 23 years old and he got a lot of money. He's a superstar in the NBA. And if you've never been in that position before, it's hard to say how you would react. We see so many people who always talk about how, man, you got all that money and you, you got the fame. Why are you acting crazy? And why are you out here in the streets? And why are you displaying firearms? If you've never been in that situation where you had have had a lot of money at a young age, you don't know how you're going to respond or how you're going to act. Stop being so judgmental over Job. Ja. Yes, he's making some bad decisions, and I'm going to get to that here in a bit, but let's, let's, be, let's understand the man is only 23 years old, and if you haven't never had that type of money before, you don't know how you're going to act. People always talk about how, like, man, if I get some money, I'm going to do this. If I get some money, I'm going to do that. If you ain't never had no money, ain't never been rich, you don't know how you're going to act. It's easy to say how you're going to act if you broke, but if you ain't never had no money or touched that kind of money, you don't know how you're going to act. You don't know what it's going to bring out of you. And they always say that when you get money and you become rich, it makes you 10 times more of what you were when you were broke. So let's let's, let's be sensitive to the fact that he's only 23 years of age. I want to get that out the way. I've seen a lot of people saying he's stupid and like, let's just, let's, we in this cancel culture right now in America. So, every time somebody makes a mistake or misspeaks or whatever the case may be, we want to cancel them. And I'm not, I'm not with that. I'm not with canceling John Moran. The man's 23 years of age and he's made some bad decisions, but let's understand he's only 23 years old. Okay. Like, again, if you ain't ever touched that kind of money, you can't say how you would act. And also, And I saw Paul Pierce tweet this as well. He said after he got robbed, he always carried a firearm around with him after he got robbed. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell y'all right now, John Morant plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. The city of Memphis is one of the most dangerous cities in America. One of the most dangerous cities in America. And I don't know what John Morant Is going through off the court, but he's in Memphis. They don't play no games in Memphis. They killed young Dolph in Memphis. Young Dolph is from the city of Memphis. Young Dolph has done so many things in his community and they killed young Dolph. So let's also take that in consideration. The man plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is one of the most dangerous cities. In America, I'm not condoning what John Morant did, but let's remember where he's at and where he lives and who he plays for and also something to take in consideration. I think it was terrible, terrible judgment of John Morant, and he made a bad decision going live and having a firearm in his hand. That was terrible, a terrible decision by Morant. Terrible. Because even if you carry around firearms – you damn sure shouldn't go live on Instagram and have people see that you have a firearm. That's terrible. That's You, you don't do that. Like, you, you are asking for trouble when you go live with a firearm on your Instagram live video. You're asking for it. Just like if you got a whole bunch of money and you out here throwing money around and showing your money on Instagram or Facebook videos on social media, you asking to get robbed. Same thing when you got a gun. you asking for trouble when you are displaying a firearm in Instagram Live. That was also a bad, bad decision by John Morant. But, again, I'm not going to condemn him for having a firearm because I don't know if this is for sure. I don't know. I don't know. But he may be allowed to carry firearms if he has his license or whatever the case may be. Also, another thing to keep in mind, you got to hire security, Morant. Like, have some security around you so you can be protected at all times. Watch who you go out with. Watch what clubs or bars that you go to. The man is 23 years old. I'm not going to pretend like he's not going to want to go out again and have a good time. But just watch who you're around. Watch where you are at. Like, be be sensitive about those things because you ain't the same John Morant now in the NBA compared to what you were before you made it to the NBA. Like, before you made it to the NBA, you didn't have anything to lose. Now you got everything to lose. John Morant has a new contract that's going to begin next season. He's going to be getting paid an access of 230. Million dollars over the next five years. Five years, $230 million is what John Morant is going to be getting paid starting next season. So, Morant, you're not that same person who you were when you were coming up. You were not that same guy. You're in the NBA now. You have to adjust your lifestyle and you got to change the people who are around you. You got to change the people around you and the people who are in your circle. You got to really reevaluate the people who you call your friends and make sure that they are conducting themselves the right way as well. Because when you when you are the breadwinner and you got the money, not everyone wants to really be your friend because they want to be your friend. Some people want to be your friend because they want to see what they can get out of you. So you got to you got to take all that in consideration. All that has to be taken into consideration. Also, to T. Morant, his father. This is the moment where you have to be a father to John Morant. You can't be his friend. And I was listening to Chris Broussard on First Things First earlier, and he was talking about how he talked to different people in NBA circles, and they said that sometimes T. Morant, he acts like he's John Morant's friend more so than his father. No, this is a moment where T. Morant has to be John ja Morant's father. And he has to explain to him, hey, we have come from a long way. And everything that you have done and everything that you've worked for, you are on the brink of possibly losing it if you don't start moving better. you got to move better. So, again, that's important as well. We saw T. Morant got into it with Shedding Sharp at the Grizzlies-Lakers game. Recently, and again, T. Morant did a great job raising John Morant. Did a great job raising him. Hell of a father for what I can see on the outside looking in, but you can't be his friend in this moment, T. You got to be a father. You got to be a father. So that's something else that we, that we, we got to keep in mind as well. And again, like his judgment has to be better as far as having the right people around him. There's other players in the NBA, Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony, who has spoke about how you reach that moment where the NBA, they know who you're around, they know what you're doing, and where you're at. They know know it all. The NBA knows everything that's going on with their players. They pay you millions of dollars to play basketball. You don't think that they're going to know your whereabouts, who you hang around, what y'all got going on when you are together? They know what's going on. They know you're around. So that's something else that John Morant has to keep in mind. He's 23 years old. A tremendous, tremendous basketball career is ahead of him. And I believe that he's going to be the best American basketball player at some point in the near future. LeBron's going to retire at some point. And Giannis and the Joker, they're all players from overseas. John Moran has an opportunity to be the best American basketball player in the NBA. But he got to get his act together and he has to make better decisions. Again, I don't know what he has going on. And when you make a lot of money and you basically are in the NBA, and you ain't got to just be in the NBA. If you're making a lot of money, you become a target instantly. Instantly, you become a target. And so, again, I want to be very, very clear about, about what I'm saying. Even if you're going to have a firearm, make sure it's legal, but don't have your firearm in Instagram videos. Don't have your firearm in Instagram videos. And then in the incident with the 17-year-old. Come on, Ja. Why are you, like, if it's true, if it's true, this is all allegations. But if it's true, why are you arguing with a 17-year-old, Ja? You're supposed to be a mentor that 17 year old and even if he basically gets out of line and tries to disrespect you walk away John walk away you are 23 years old you got too much to lose to be arguing with a 17 year old he trying to get where you at he trying to accomplish what you've already accomplished so just got to make better decisions man I'm not gonna sit on here and act like John Moran is this terrible person and like he, 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 no, we know John Morant comes from a great background, come from a two parent household. His f- father was a great father figure in his life, but he got to make better decisions moving forward. And I think, honestly, I believe that now that he's suspended and basketball has been taken away from him, I think we're going to see John Morant grow. From this setback. And I think it's going to, it's, it was a minor setback for a major comeback. And I think he's going to grow from this because we know he loves basketball, one of the best young players we have in the NBA. And that Memphis Grizzlies basketball team with John Morant, they are a championship contender in the Western Conference. They got John Morant, they got Desmond Bain, they got Jackson, Dylan Brooks. Okay, that young core. On that Memphis Grizzlies basketball team, led by head coach Taylor Jenkins, they are a contender in the Western Conference. But they need John Morant to be the leader of their basketball team. And I think they need a veteran on that team who can show leadership and help them become men. Not young men, men. That's what they need. I think that's what they need on that basketball team. And I, I think I think Mark Spears on ESPN, he was talking about how maybe they should sign Carmelo Anthony. Melo was a veteran. He's no longer a superstar like he once was in his career. And I think he could really, really mentor John Morant and all those other young players on that Memphis Grizzlies basketball team. Because I think Stephen uh, Adams, he came out and recently said that A lot of the young players on that basketball team, they go out a lot. They spend a lot of time in the nightclubs, in the bars, when they're on the road. And I believe that if you are focused on winning the NBA championship, you go do some film study or you go to your hotel or do something in the hotel as a team. And I think bringing in a player like Carmelo Anthony, that will definitely help this Memphis Grizzlies basketball team. But I just think Jai got to make better decisions. He got to really, really reevaluate the people who are around him. And if they're not really trying to help him elevate and reach his max potential as a basketball player and trying to help him make great decisions, they don't need to be around him. They don't need to be around him. And I'm not saying anyone one particular is giving him bad advice. But you got to make sure that these people who are in your corner who you call friends are really legit friends. Or are they just there for handouts? Because now John Moran is the breadwinner of his family. He's the breadwinner of all of his friends that he grew up with. And you know, when you when you when you that person, you got you got a certain perception that people want to see what they can get out of you. And if they ain't there for the right reasons, cut them off. Got to cut them off. So that's my opinion on the John Moran situation in Memphis. Everybody, go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter. At Wise Guys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys. On Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out of the break, I'm going to discuss the New York Giants as they are trying to sign Daniel Jones. And my thoughts on that. I'll be right back. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the World Sports Network. Everybody remember to go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Any particular topic you want to discuss, we can talk about it on the show tonight. Let's transition to the NFL. Let's go to New York and let's talk about the New York Giants and their free agency. It's reports out of New York that Daniel Jones is seeking $45 million annually from the New York Giants. Also keep in mind the Giants are looking to re-sign Saquon Barkley. So if the Giants don't agree to a new deal with Daniel Jones reports out of New York is that they will sign Daniel Jones to the franchise tag. If they do agree to a new deal with Daniel Jones between now and tomorrow, they're going to sign Saquon Barkley to the franchise tag. So my immediate reaction when I heard that Daniel Jones is seeking $45 million per year from the Giants is, Who the hell does Daniel Jones think he is? Who the hell does Daniel Jones think he is? Listen, I know last year, Daniel Jones had his best season of his career under Brian Dayball. Last year, Daniel Jones, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, 3,205 passing yards, completing 67% of his passes, that was his best season of his four-year career. Wow. Is that something that we should be stopping the presses over because Daniel Jones had 15 touchdowns, five interceptions? Are you kidding me? This is Daniel Jones that we're talking about. Earlier, I talked about how I believe that the New Orleans Saints, they it's a win-win for the Saints bringing in a quarterback like Derek Carr. And I said that Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Dak Prescott are all on the same level. Daniel Jones, he's not even on the same level as Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, or Dak Prescott. Daniel Jones is an average quarterback at best. And now he's seeking 45 Million dollars per season. Are you kidding me? Daniel Jones doesn't deserve $45 million per year. He's not that good. Yes, last year he had a tremendous performance against the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. But remember, the Vikings they were one of the worst defensive teams in the NFL. Mac Jones on Thanksgiving. He lit up the Minnesota Vikings. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, they hung 41 on that Minnesota Vikings defense. So Daniel Jones, him having a great performance in the playoffs against the Minnesota Vikings doesn't warrant him to get paid $45 million per year. That's insane. And I know he did improve. Last year, compared to what he did in 2021, let's look at what he did in 2021 compared to last year, shall we? In 2021, he had 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Last year, he had 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So more touchdowns thrown and less interceptions thrown last year compared to what he did in 2021. In 2021, he had 221 passing yards per game. Last year, he had 200 passing yards per game. Now, Saquon Barkley had a great season as well last year. So that may also play into why his passing yards per game were down last year compared to what they were in 2021. But he had a higher completion percentage as well last year than what he had in 2021. In 2021, he completed 64% of his passes. Last year, he completed 67 percent of his passes in 2021 their record was four and seven last year their record was nine six and one in 2021 he had 298 rushing yards last year he had 708 rushing yards two touchdowns in 2021 seven touchdowns last year so i'll give him credit for improving Under Brian Dayball. I think Brian Dayball did a tremendous job with Daniel Jones last season. I think he got the most he could get out of Daniel Jones. But as great as Daniel Jones was running the football, we all know the number one responsibility as a quarterback is to throw the football down the field. You have to be able to throw the football, period. I don't give a damn how great of a runner you are. Daniel Jones, as good as he is as a runner, he ain't Lamar Jackson. He ain't Jalen Hurts, okay? He's, again, he can make some plays with his legs, but he's not Lamar and he's not Jalen Hurts. And he's not as good as Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson is. So do I believe that the Giants can win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? That answer is an emphatic hell no. I don't believe Daniel Jones is a quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with. I don't. I think at his best, he's an average quarterback. I think he's on the same level as a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Ryan Tannehill. I'd probably even take Ryan Tannehill over Daniel Jones. Again, he had one great season in four seasons. His rookie season was probably his second, he, his second best season the man hasn't even thrown 25 touchdown passes. In 4 years, he hasn't even thrown 25 touchdown passes. The most he's had is 24 touchdown passes. That was in his rookie season in 2019. He had 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 3027 passing yards. You could make an argument that that was his best season, but he had 12 interceptions that year. This past season he only had 5 interceptions. So I'm not sold on Daniel Jones, and I think it's insane. I think the Giants would be stupid to give Daniel Jones 45 per year. He's not a $45 million per year quarterback. That's not how good he is. Now, if he wanted $20 million per year, maybe even $25 million per year, I would give him that. And again, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback who you can build your team around. And I think when you're giving out money, and it's like forty million dollars range, I believe that I have to be able to depend on you to carry my football team, if the other parts around you are not producing. Let me give you an example. Last year, the Kansas City Chiefs they traded, they traded Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins, so Tyreek Hill was. Patrick Mahomes, number one receiver. And all Patrick Mahomes did last year was win an NFL MVP. He won an NFL Super Bowl MVP as well without Tyreek Hill. And the man had receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hartman, who wasn't healthy majority of the season, Marquez Valles, scantlin That's who Mahomes was throwing the football to. And he was able to lead the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, and they won another Super Bowl because they had Patrick Mahomes. If I'm going to pay you $40 million per year, I need to be able to rely on you when other things around you are not producing. Like, look, I look at the Giants and their receivers this year. Their receivers aren't very good. But Daniel Jones, again, he had a good season. According to his standards, he had a great season. According to he had a great season. But when it comes to giving out all this money, I have to know I can depend on you to carry my football team if we have other weaknesses on a team. And I don't believe Daniel Jones can do that. I think if you take Saquon Barkley off this football team, I don't think Daniel Jones would be able to produce the way that he did this previous year. I think Saquon was a very, very, very important Factor offensively for the Giants. I think if you don't have Saquon, I don't think Daniel Jones can be as effective without Saquon. I don't. I think he needs Saquon to be effective. And if they franchise Daniel Jones, Saquon might not get paid from the Giants. I hate to say it, he may not get his money. And we know that running backs are expendable in the NFL. And it's just unfortunate because we all know Saquon is better than Daniel Jones is. He's way better. Saquon Barkley is their best player offensively. And it's not even close. Not even close. So if I'm the Giants, there is no way in hell I'm giving Daniel Jones $45 million per year. He can walk as far as I'm concerned. And again, I'm not trying to act like he's a scrub, I think he is average. At best. Uh, He's average. At best. But to get $45 million per year, I need to be able to depend on you to carry my football team. And you need to be the reason why we win games, not be the reason why we win in spite of. Okay? I think Daniel Jones is a quarterback that you win in spite of, not because of. And I think Brian Dayball maximized... Daniel Jones' potential last season. I think he reached his ceiling. I don't see him getting any better than what he did last year. I I don't. Like, I think there are so many young quarterbacks I'm taking over Daniel Jones. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Hell, Deshaun Watson, despite him missing a few seasons, I'm still taking Deshaun Watson over Daniel Jones. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Mahomes. We ain't even got to talk about them. But like, I'm, <laughs> Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Hell, give me Jordan Love over Daniel Jones. Nah, I don't, really, I don't know how good Jordan Love is going to be. But I'm just saying, I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I really, really don't. Desmond Ritter from the Falcons, the young quarterback. Remember, he played at UC? He might be better than Daniel Jones. I just don't believe in Daniel Jones. And if somebody wants to get upset, wants to get frustrated, I think I had somebody on one of my videos. A few months back when the Giants were in the playoffs, the week where they lost to the Eagles and the division around the playoffs, there was a Giants fan on there. He got upset because he said I was disrespecting Daniel Jones. Oh, well, Daniel Jones is not very good to me. He's not. He's not that good. He's not that guy. I'm not giving him $45 million per season if I'm the Giant. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys know sports. I'll be right back.
0: It is the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.
1: And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. We're live on the World Wise Sports Network. Everybody remember to go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys. wait. also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow wise guys Instagram at these guys no sports. might have a caller calling in here shortly here in a minute just got done talking about Daniel Jones and why I'm not going to pay Daniel Jones uh I, like I said, I just don't think he's a franchise a franchise quarterback who you can build your team around like I, I gotta be able to know that you can carry the team if things doesn't go right if things don't go right. I got to know that I can rely on you to carry my football team. I don't think the Giants can rely on Daniel Jones to, to carry them. I just don't believe it. But call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513 203 is the number to dial. And don't forget, you can also, also catch the Wise Guys podcast on your podcast app on your phone if you're an iPhone user. You can also catch the Wise Guys podcast on the Spreaker app as well, also on Spotify. So I'm definitely on Spotify as well, Fred. yay, hey man, how you doing, man? Let's get right to it, Freddie. What are your thoughts on Daniel Jones and him seeking forty million dollars per year from the Giants?
2: All about what, what the market demands. Uh, we just seen Tino Smith get paid today. Yeah, um, I, I'll tell you what, Daniel Jones better than Geno Smith. Uh, we've seen this year where Danny Jones took, took a huge jump uh, in his development, especially over Brian, uh, under Brian. They, they, yeah. And we've seen that this Giants came in the league, came in the our receiver. Him and Barkley was a 2 monster of that all. Off- big plays. They made the plays that offense. made the, playoff, the What I'm hearing, it's going to be around 35, 38. What the Giants want to play him at. Um, they don't want to go to the 40. But, I mean, hey, it's just really about the market. You know, you overpay for quarterbacks nowadays. We've seen that out of Dak Prescott and Dallas. We've seen those guys because it's hard to find a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Hey, he had a good season last year. Um, the Giants had to put receivers around him for him to be successful. Uh, we've seen yeah. the line get a lot better, uh, but you also have to figure out what are you going to do with one uh, Barkley. A lot of folks say, "Yeah, go. You should pay your money. But you, Trey, you've seen just like I've seen. The running back market, you don't pay a running back that much money. We've seen that out of CQL million. and yeah. We've seen where they got the Cowboys. Uh, so I necessarily don't really have a problem because I understand the
1: market. Yeah. Now, my brother, Freddie, I love your football knowledge. I, I know you lo- know your football, man. You, you, you're a great football analyst. And I respect your football knowledge and, and the things that you know about the game. But I got to give you some pushback. Got to give you some pushback, my brother. It was two things that you said that I wholeheartedly disagree with. Number one, you said that Deshaun Watson is better than Lamar Jackson. And I love Deshaun. I think Deshaun, when he's at his best, I think he's one of the best young quarterbacks that we have in the NFL. And I think he's been a more consistent pocket passer than Lamar Jackson. But with that being said, I believe that Lamar Jackson is a better leader than Deshaun Watson is. I also believe that Lamar Jackson He won an NFL MVP, Freddie. You you can't sneeze at that. That's something that you you can't take lightly when you compare quarterbacks. And, again, I think Deshaun Watson at his best. Because at one point, I want you to know this. At one point, I was comparing Deshaun Watson to Patrick Mahomes. But I don't know if Deshaun Watson is still that caliber of quarterback that he was at that time in his career. I think he can get back to that. But I think given the fact that Lamar Jackson – has an NFL MVP under his belt, and he's shown to be a great leader more so than Deshaun Watson has. I would give Lamar the slight edge over Deshaun right now when I'm comparing the, the two quarterbacks. But I love Deshaun. To that, you say what? But, but you foot,
2: what makes you think he's a better leader
1: than Lamar? What do you mean, better leader than Deshaun? Now, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I feel like, and I, I, I didn't agree with everything that went down when Deshaun was in Houston with the whole massage allegations and all that stuff. But but nevertheless, again, like no scrutiny is better than any kind of scrutiny. And we ain't never heard nothing pointing in the direction of Lamar Jackson. So I feel like he's a better leader than Deshaun is heard
2: players that Deshaun come out and say, Yeah, Deshaun is a bad guy. He's
1: a terrible person. I've not so I'm not gonna hey I'm gonna say i I'm going to be honest with you. I think that whole handle, yeah.
2: put that on Deshaun.
1: Yeah, okay. But
2: it did appear to say
1: that Lamar is than Deshaun. has black.
2: people. What? Because people tend to forget what Deshaun wants. Don't. What is the football field? He was comparing him quite right under Patrick. Oh.
1: Absolutely.
2: I mean, and Lamar ain't nowhere near. Patrick this is honest. Yeah.
1: No, I'm not taking nothing from Deshaun. I'm, I'm one of those people that was comparing Deshaun... Watson to Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying to me, I think that when you take in c- consideration playmaking ability, Lamar's a better playmaker than Deshaun is. And I think Lamar, I feel like Lamar doesn't get enough credit for being a pocket passer, Freddie. Like you you acting like Lamar, Daniel Jones. <laughs> this ain't Daniel Jones now. Freddie, this is Lamar Jackson.
2: There's a reason, you know, I always you know, Lamar is a what he's trying to Yeah. Not to want to get a the reason, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I'm looking at Lamar. The last two seasons, you can't say he's not been able to stay healthy. Yeah. And it's the type of quarterback that he is. His health is a big part of it. Because he can't run the football, he's pretty much useless on the football. I do not want Lamar Jackson to stand in the pocket and the football. That's not. But if I'm Lamar, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Because after I won the playoffs, after I won the you believe in me then. Right. You, you don't want to put weapons around you. right. Mutual interest on both sides or divorce. I don't have a problem. Hey, when I when it comes to passing the football, I don't care if Deshaun watches on the inside. I don't care if he's on the outside. I don't care where he's at. I don't care if he's running. I know he can throw the football. He's mobile as well. He's a better passer than Lamar. The football. only thing that Lamar has is he's better at. Yeah. He's better app with the mobile than just about everybody. Else.
1: Freddie Henderson is joining us here on Wise Guys Sports tonight Freddie let's transition to some NBA and everybody's been talking about John Morant the Grizzlies they suspended John Morant after a firearm was seen in a recent Instagram live video by John Morant and it's been a a couple other things that have come out uh, in situations involving John Morant and so what's your reaction to the John Morant situation in Memphis right now.
2: I hate it. I hate it because you get to be a yeah, young man. Yeah, you have to carry yourself differently. You have to hang around people differently uh, because you have to remember you're not in that same position you were. Before you right. Trying to bring the thug look, gangster look, but the bro, you're rich now, man. Yeah. You deal with Nike. Nike just took Avery Urban off for what all that he's been through. Yeah. They've added you to the Nike family. I even saw somewhere where he Gatorade this bottom all as well. So you have a lot of endorsements. You bring in you bring in your family out of a situation to a better place. hopefully that he gets the help that he needs. I do think he's gonna miss a lot of time. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But hey, this is just something that he has to learn from and he has to surround himself with better people. He just really does.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, Freddie. I appreciate I like the way you broke that down, and I agree with you 100%, brother. I really really do. I think he got to reevaluate his circle and reevaluate the people that he around. Watch his surroundings at all times, you know, like when you like you said when you become rich and you you, you reach a certain level, you you got to move different. You you got to move different. Like you you can't move the same way that you moved when you was broke. <laughs> you know When you when you get some money, you got to move different so you can be able to Keep that lifestyle and, and, and keep that money. Like, so I agree with you, man. You got to move different. And I think also, too, I said this earlier, Freddie, like, and, I, and I, there were people in the NBA circles who talked about this. I heard Chris Boussard on First Things First talk about this, about how, like, T. Morant, his father, you know, some people believe that he's more of a friend now that John ja Morant has reached the NBA than a father. And I think, like, and I'm not because I think he did a great job raising John. Ja you know, did a great job as a father figure raising John Morant, but you still got to be a father. In this moment, you got to be a father at all times. Let him know we got to reevaluate some things and some people that we around. You can't can't be friends with your kids. I'm a big believer in that. Like, I got a a nine-year-old, and I always say like, no matter what, we ain't friends. I'm your father. It's respect and it's certain things that cannot happen around me because it's going to be a problem because I'm your father. I'm going to tell you you tripping. And I think that that's also important in this situation with T. Morant. Like, I think he did a great job raising him, but he got to be a father in this moment to John ja Morant now more so than ever before.
2: We actually during the week We see it when they were there in L.A. Uh, when, you know, him and Shady Sharp got his children as a father, instead of him going to jobs to hey, man, calm down. He wanted to actually be a part of the fight as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it just it's just literally little example right now.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Freddie, let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media, man. You can follow me at um, Freddie Henderson on Facebook, um Sports Empire Network. Uh, Freddie, I appreciate you calling in tonight, man. i am definitely bring you on some more, man. We can talk some more for sure. Hold
2: trade, trade, on you,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. You
2: can't have me on without talking about my Lakers now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Lakers real quick if I get you out of here. Let's talk about we can talk about the Lakers real quick. Championship run? What? Yeah, Championship run- without LeBron? He's not going to be a part of I mean, they said he's going to be out a few weeks. By the time he comes back, Freddie, it might be over. It, it might be over with. <laughs> did-,
2: did you guys
1: see Anthony Davis on yesterday? I did see Anthony Davis ball out yesterday against the Warriors.
2: He looked dominant, didn't
1: he? He did. But the question for the Lakers and Anthony Davis is, Freddie, we all know, can Anthony Davis consistently play at a high level like he did yesterday? Can he do that over a consistent period?
2: All I know is so he has a lot of it going The last four games, was on Friday, 38, 5 and 2. The game before that against the Grizzlies, 28 and 19. The game before that, 30 and 15 to do the dominate. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this, it's more than just him. We're get at the end of the Russell by tomorrow. Uh, we have a Malik B. We have Austin Reed who's proven to be an NBA player. Yeah. Um, Janice Vanderbilt is a dog. I mean, hey, this roster, man, with Dennis Schroeder, I mean, this roster is the actual NBA team. This isn't for the trade. I just believe if, if this team can hold it out, win games until LeBron come back, and the LeBron is 80 to 90 percent healthy, they can make, and make a run at the West. Name a team. They can beat this team in the West. I'll wait. Phoenix Suns, they're a joke. We've seen them, you know, they beat the average, coach, they going to beat them by four points. They have no depth. Chris Paul is a shuttle himself. Um, so I'm not afraid of them. See, Denver, you know, okay. Denver's nice. but we pay. Hey, yeah. Said, hey, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not afraid of them. Um, so, um, the Clippers, hey, they got our problem. They got our hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Card line up right. Who can stop us the win? That's my question.
1: We're gonna see. We're gonna see, Freddie. I'm gonna def- I wanna because I want to finish this conversation, man. I gotta run because I definitely but I definitely want to finish this. I'll bring you back on in the coming days, sir. because I, I want to finish this. I got some more things I want to say when it comes to your Lakers, man. But I definitely appreciate you calling into the show tonight, Freddie. Oh uh, no problem. All right, have a good one. That was my man Freddie Henderson. Go and follow him on all social media platforms. I'll be right back.
0: It's the
1: Worldwide
0: Sports Radio Network.
1: And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter. At Wise Guys the School, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram. If these guys know sports, talk to the show. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Five one three two zero three eight six five five is the number to dial. And my man Freddie Henderson on some great, great content with Freddie. Let's transition back to the NBA and let's talk about Dane Dollar. And the Portland Trailblazers, last week, Dame Dollar dropped 71 against the Houston Rockets in a 131-114 win for the Portland Trailblazers. I know I'm late with this topic, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it on last week's show, but I had to come over here and talk about Damian Lillard and his 71 points. And so, Dame Lillard has some interesting comments about You know, players and their perceptions of players. He said, "quote We devalue people's body of work if you don't win a championship." And when it comes to Damian Lillard and him as an overall player, I don't think we give enough credit to Damian Lillard for his loyalty to the Portland Trailblazers. We live in a day and age where every basketball player who's a star in the NBA, we judge those particular stars and players on whether or not they win championships, and I think it's unfair. But on the flip side, me, selfishly, as a Damian Lillard fan, I would love to see Damian Lillard playing for the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. I would love to see Damian Lillard playing for the Los Angeles Lakers at the Crypto.com Arena. I would love to see Damian Lillard even in the Miami market with the Miami Heat or even the Dallas market with the Dallas Mavericks. I believe Damian Lillard, outside of Steph Curry, he's the best point guard in the NBA. I think when it comes to the best shooters, In the NBA, I think it's Steph Curry and Damian Lillard, and those two are in a class of their own. They are in a class of their own. You look at what Damian Lillard did when he dropped the 71. Damian Lillard shot 22 of 38, 13 of 22 from three point range. The man made 13 threes that night when he dropped 71. Imagine if he hit two or three more three-pointers, or even three or four more three-pointers. He would have had more than even Kobe. Kobe had 81, and Dame had 71, and he missed nine threes. Imagine if he made four more threes. That would have been 83 points. And in this performance, it was Damian Lillard's, the most points he scored. He had 22 made field goals. That career rank is the most in his career. 13 made three-point field goal shots. That's career ranked the most in his career. And in his career, after the age of 30, Damian Lillard is tied for the most 60-point games after the age of 30 with Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain got three 60-point games after 30. Dame has three 60-point games after 30. Kobe had two. 60 point games after 30 and after he dropped the 71 against the Rockets that was Damian Lillard's fifth 60 point game of his career me selfishly I want to see Damian Lillard on a true championship contender because I want Dame to be in a position to compete for a championship so he can validate his greatness I think he needs a championship So he can validate his greatness. Otherwise, he's going to be looked at as a player who scored a lot of points but never could win an NBA championship. And I think he's a championship-caliber player. And I say this all the time when it comes to Dame. All the time. I believe that the same role that Kyrie Irving played in Cleveland, playing alongside LeBron James, I believe Damian Lillard could have played that similar role alongside LeBron, and I think Damian could have won a championship with LeBron in Cleveland the same way Kyrie Irving did. And the same way Kyrie Irving, in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, he made the shot of shots over Steph Curry. I believe Damian Lillard, game time, could have also made that same exact shot in that same exact moment. I love Kyrie Irving but Kyrie Irving is not the leader that Damian Lillard is. There's other point guards in the NBA who got tremendous talent and who are all-time greats like Chris Paul, like Russell Westbrook, but neither Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook have the range that Damian Lillard has. None of them do. None of them do. And I think also, too, like when you talk about Damian Lillard and his loyalty to the Portland Trailblazers, I just think that In the end, Dame's loyalty is is going to basically hurt him in the end when it comes to his legacy. I think as an overall great, we we know how great Dame is, but when it comes to his legacy, I think it's going to hurt him because he's not going to win a championship in Portland. It's a small market, and no one's going to want to go to Portland and play with Dame, unfortunately. I think he's a great teammate, and he's a great leader, But no one wants to go to Portland and play. Like, he mentioned about how the Dallas Mavericks were able to put together a team around Dirk without a second superstar. That was the Mavericks team that beat LeBron and D-Wade. LeBron's first year in Miami, they had Dirk, they had Tyson Chandler, they had Jason Terry. They had an old Jason Kidd on their team. I think that's what Portland's going to have to do for Dame to compete for a championship but I think that's going to be hard to do. It's going to be hard to attract free agents to come to Portland and play with Dane. Dane, look at what he's done so far in his career. Dane averages 25 points per game on 44% shooting, seven assists per game, and this is where he's deadly at. The man shoots 37% from three-point range. 37% from three-point range. He is a sniper, and he is a closer. I think he's one of the most clutch players in the NBA. The man sent home James Harden in the playoffs. He sent home Paul George and Russell Westbrook in the playoffs. And the one time he did get to the Western Conference Finals, it was Dame and CJ versus Steph and Clay. And in that series, the Blazers had leads. In those particular games, they got swept. The Warriors swept the Blazers. Four games to zero. Steph outplayed Dame in that, in that Western Conference Finals. But I believe that that was the only chance that Dame has had to compete for an NBA championship. That's the closest he's gotten. I think that was a 2019 Western Conference Finals. KD was in Golden State, but KD was injured that playoff series. But I thought it was mano y mano, Dame and CJ versus Clay and Steph. And Stephen Clay got the better of Dame and CJ. But we've seen Dame Dollar send home players multiple times in the postseason. Sniper from three-point range. Again, I just think his loyalty to Portland is going to hurt his overall legacy. But I still think Dame Dollar and Damian Lillard is one of the best players in NBA history at the point guard position. And I'm a Damian Lillard fan. I don't apologize for it. And people were saying, why did he get on the top 75 all-time greatest players list? I think Damian Lillard damn sure deserves to be on that list. I think when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be a top 50 player of all time, even without a championship. Now, there were other players who I thought deserved it over Dame, like Dwight Howard. I think you can't make a 75 greatest players list and not include Dwight Howard on there. I think that's insane. I think that's ridiculous, but I think Dame, Damian Lillard, him dropping 71 and doing everything he possibly can to lead the Portland Trailblazers to the playoffs is something that we should commend him for, and I think Dame, he's basically at peace with his decision to not go and ring chase, because like he said, even if you go to a contender, there's no guarantee that you're going to win an NBA championship, there ain't no guarantees in the NBA, nothing's guaranteed. So I respect Damian Lillard and his loyalty to the Portland Trailblazers organization. And he's going to get a lot of money from that organization. I just think it's going to hurt his overall legacy. Everybody remember going to follow wise guys on Twitter at wise guys underscore H also on Facebook wise guys. And be sure to follow wise guys on Instagram at these guys. No sports. I'm Trey Larkins signing off the worldwide sports network. I'll be back on Friday discussing multiple topics in sports news everyone enjoy your night
0: it is the worldwide sports radio network